Brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. I was alerted by an emailer to a piece that uh, uh, that appeared in the Duluth News Tribune uh, yesterday. Okay. Or last evening. And again, it rests my case that even those who most stridently believe uh, that that humans are ruining the earth aren't doing a damn thing about it. So I want you to get a pencil and paper. Ah. Uh, no, you just have to... Oh. Help me keep track of the names. Are you both? Uh, are yeah. you both listening? Yep. Are we you all you. three listening? Yeah, we got. Them. I don't know if John is yet. <laughs> the topic of climate change wound its way into district court in Duluth last month, and now a judicial referee is deciding whether or not a trio of protesters was justified in shutting down a local bank earlier this year in the name of environmental defense. And the uh, the three uh, protesters are named Scott Ball, B O L. Ernesto Burbank, and Michael Nimi, N-I-E-M-I. So those are the three protesters. Burbank. Let's keep those names separate. What was the third name? Uh, Nimi, N-I-E-M-E. I'm sorry, N-I-E-M-I. Scott Ball, Ernesto Burbank, and Michael Nimi. Uh, They had their case argued before referee John Schulte in October. All right? Yep. Written closing arguments were filed earlier this month by J.T. Haynes and Jennifer McEwen, lawyers for the defendants. So I want those names kept track. Jennifer. So you got the three protesters, yep. and apparently they were represented by J.T. Haynes and Jennifer McEwen. Uh, and closing arguments also provided by Assistant City Attorney Mary Asmus. Oh my gosh! So you got the defense <laughs> attorney Asmus to you too, right? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Mary what? Mary Asmus to you too. Uh huh. Whatever that means. Well, Merry Christmas. I got it. I got it. It's like a play on words. So okay, so. Uh, the lawyers for the defendants are J.T. Haynes and Jennifer McEwen. Yep. And the assistant city attorney, uh, prosecutor, in other words, is Mary Asmus. All right. Ball, Nimi. And Happy Ball, New Year. Ball and Nimi, both of Duluth and Burbank of Tucson, were arrested last January after locking themselves to the Wells Fargo security gate in downtown Duluth. Their protest kept the bank from opening for several hours as the gate was unable to be raised. Are you following me? Got it. Uh The men were initially charged with a series of misdemeanors each, but charges have been reduced to single counts of petty misdemeanor trespassing prior to October's bench trial. If convicted, the defendants faces fines of up to 300 bucks. Petty misdemeanors carry no prospect of jail time. Uh... A lot of people are rightly concerned about climate change and also struggling with what to do about it. Haynes, now who's Haynes? She's one of the uh, lawyers for the defendants. JT. Hmm? Okay, Haynes told the News Tribune, it's worth thinking about what these people did and why. This is their lawyer. Haynes anticipated a ruling anytime between now and a couple of weeks from now. Most notably, Ball, 67, used a U-shaped bike lock around his neck on January 12, to secure himself to the gate of the Wells Fargo customer entrance. Ball and the others referred to themselves as water protectors and called for Wells Fargo to divest itself from fossil fuels and Enbridge Energy in particular. Enbridge is on target to build a new Line 3 oil pipeline replacement through Minnesota. Mm -hmm. 
In her closing argument, Asmus, she's representing the, the city here, yep. said the defendants ignored legal alternatives and that the court cannot recognize Wells Fargo's lead legal investments as harmful. Further, she made the point the protesters' action were too far removed from their intended outcome. We'll get to that. What does that mean? Yeah. The defendants may have prevented the bank from opening on schedule that morning, Asmus wrote, but they did not prevent climate change. Well, thank you, Mary Asmus, for pointing out the obvious. Right. What the hell did closing that bank to the customers have to do with climate change? I don't know. The answer is nothing. Okay. Of course it did had nothing to do with it. <clears throat> the case is unique in that the defendants are employing the necessity defense, arguing that their illegal actions were less harmful than following the law. Ball and others testified in front of Schulte in October, saying they'd exhausted legal avenues that would have resulted in climate change being addressed more lawfully. I've done all sorts of traditional routes, Ball testified in court, citing activism and taking part in election politics. I think I'm more active in the traditional vein than most folks are, and yet that's not stopping business as usual. Well, Ball, you're not doing a damn thing to stop climate change by being an activist, you're not doing a damn thing to stop climate change by voting in an election. Right. Burbank said he chose civil disobedience for the safety of children and the environment. We've forgotten to acknowledge that things give us life, testified Burbank, 37, and a member of the Navajo tribe. And companies such as Wells Fargo continue to fund companies such as Enbridge, which keeps destroying our lives by global warming and by destroying our territories and destroying our food and our way of life. I think that would be very difficult for Burbank to prove that. Yeah, and it sounds like they're— And again, what does locking yourself to a bank gate have to do with that? Right. They kind of have a theme problem. I think so. Each one you know, locking themselves at the gate with a different now let's Now let's bring in the failed academy. Okay. A University of Minnesota Duluth professor testified on behalf of the defense. Christina Gallup, associate professor of Earth and Environmental Science with a specialty in climate change— <laughs> told the court about present harms and future impacts of climate change, including an example of the state's boreal forests boreal forest retreating north to Canada and being replaced by bushes and scrub. I'd have to see evidence of that. She also referenced dire warnings in a recent report by the U.N. Oh, you mean the U.N. that was headed up by the guy who spent 500 grand flying around the world? Right. Nimi, 65, testified that he'd seen the tar sands in Alberta, Canada, where the old and new Line 3 originate. He called the area devoid of forest and a place to, and a place as close to an alien planet as I've seen. Well, again, what does locking yourself to a bank gate have to do with climate change? And, and, and even, for, even getting the attention, the attention that you would get for doing that still does not do anything. In her closing argument, Asmus, my new hero, Mary Asmus, said the defendants made it clear during testimony that their intent was to draw attention to climate change and create negative publicity designed to impact Wells Fargo's willingness to lend money to the fossil fuel industry. The defendants' actions, Asmus concluded, were too removed from the ongoing issue of climate change to allow them to successfully establish the defense of necessity, which I'll paraphrase for her. Uh, what she's saying is... These actions have nothing to do with what they believe to be climate change. Nothing. It just makes them feel good. 
There's a picture here. Duluth police talked with Wells Fargo bank employees last January during a protest. <laughs> Scott Ball, center, had locked himself to the security gate with a bicycle lock around his neck, preventing the bank from opening. He must have a, a thin neck yeah. because yeah, those, I was wondering yeah. the same those thing. Those uh, locks are, they're not, I mean, they're skinny. Yeah, that makes me claustrophobic, too. Plus, he's wearing a mask. Uh, hmm. Like a Nixon mask? No, like a, 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 a what's, the, what's the word I want? Scarf or kerchief around his Oh, mouth and nose. Uh, a hanky. Yeah, whatever. But there, at least we had some legal clarity. Okay, you three, uh, you you uh, you have your uh, belief that uh, uh, climate change is happening, and uh, you somehow think that by preventing the uh, uh, lawful customers from entering this bank, you're doing something about it. And I'm here to tell you, uh, you're not doing anything about it. You're just not doing a damn thing about it. So Scotty takes the bike lock and puts it against his neck, right? Yep. yep. He's 67. Mm -hmm. You'd expect that from a 25-year-old idiot that doesn't know any better. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't he be worried about retirement or something else? <laughs> but the point, the point is, it's about time. Somebody in a position of authority said to these protesters or any group of protesters, what, you what you're doing has nothing to do with preventing what you believe to be climate change. All you've done is disrupt the legal operation of a bank. Charlie Brown has been power washed. Oh, no. Uh-oh. How can Charlie Brown be power washed? You ever see a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving? Yes. Well, sure, many times. Many sure. times. And, and nothing ever occurred to you about it that, that would Wait. have been seen as no. untoward. Let's see. What part? It would be... <gasps> no. Apparently it was on last Wednesday night. It's been a many, many years since I've seen it. I swore I haven't seen the story. Can I take a stab at it? Yep. Is it the uh, no, that would have been the Halloween special. I'm thinking of the kid that wore the wore the ghost costume. That's somehow uh a no, I was thinking KKK Snoopy or something. Snoopy shooting down the no. red parent. Oh, that's no. a good one. No, it's power washing, so you might not get it. Uh but the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving TV show is now accused of being racist, of Wait. course. Oh. Uh I haven't seen it for. Do they recreate a Thanksgiving scene? Well, why don't I just tell okay. you? Okay. Yeah. During Wednesday night's airing of a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, many young tech-savvy people, apparently watching the holiday classic for the first time, said that it was racist because the only black character, Franklin, had a whole side of the Thanksgiving table all to himself. That, see what I mean? Why this word means nothing anymore? That word means nothing anymore. Franklin, who happily reclined in easily the most comfortable chair at the table, was seated on one side of the table while his fellow characters, Peppermint Patty, Charlie Brown, Snoopy, and Sally, sat across from him. Linus sat at one head of the table while Marcy sat at the opposite end. Hmm. During the gathering, Linus gives a history lesson and tells the story of the first Thanksgiving. In a heartwarming gesture, he also prays over the meal. On social media, one social media user, which is why, I've, of course, I have the, the views I have of social media. One social media user watched the special and took to Twitter to air her grievances. The user, Cynthia Haynes, wrote, How come Franklin, Charlie Brown's only black friend, sits alone on the other side of the table and in a lawn chair? Uh, I can't believe that they're making that. It's power washing. Cynthia Haynes has ruined the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving TV show. 
Is Franklin in the the original Charlie Brown Christmas? I think I don't even remember Franklin. I'm trying to. I remember Peanuts Franklin. Another user whose handle is Vic Damone Jr. God. <laughs> <laughs> wrote, not watching Charlie Brown Thanksgiving anymore until they sit some people on the same side of the table as Franklin. That's power washing. It's been on for... <laughs> Here's a little dope on Franklin. Franklin Armstrong was a character in the long-running comic strip Peanuts, created by Charles M. Schultz. Introduced on July 31st, 1968, Franklin was the first African-American character in the strip. He goes to school with Peppermint Patty and Marcy... In his first story arc, he met Charlie Brown when they were at the beach. Franklin's father was a soldier fighting in Vietnam, to which Charlie Brown replied, My dad's a barber. He was in a war, too, but I don't know which one. Franklin later paid Charlie Brown a visit, and uh, there we go. All right. Yassum, another user, wrote, Am I woke now? Why is Franklin in Charlie Brown Thanksgiving sitting all by himself at the table? Man, things that I did not notice as a child. Why are you wrecking it? Why are you wrecking it for all children now then? Franklin could play the tubs. Charles M. Schultz intentionally added Franklin in an attempt to thumb his nose at racism, which was rampant during the civil rights era. The comic creator added Franklin to the Peanuts cast after a white teacher wrote Schultz in the days after Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination and asked him to include a black character among Charlie Brown and his friends. The teacher, Harriet Glickman, said that Schultz could make a big impact writing a black child into the previously all-white cartoon. Hmm. Schultz's editor was reportedly against including Franklin in the cartoon for a variety of reasons. Schultz reportedly told his editor, well, let's put it this way. Either you print it just the way I draw it or I quit. How's that? <laughs> Thus, Franklin was born. Here's the strip where they meet at the beach. Uh, is this your bo beach ball? It's Franklin trying to give a beach ball to Charlie. Hey, yeah, thank you very much. I was swimming out there and it came floating by. My silly sister threw it into the water. I see you're making a sandcastle. It looks kind of crooked. I guess maybe it is where I come from. I'm not famous for doing things right. That's Charlie Brown telling that to Franklin. Mm. Well, but wait a minute. I'm looking at the table right now. Linus is sitting on one, you know, it's a it's a long rectangular table. Mm -hmm. Linus is sitting by himself. Uh, I don't know who the person is down here. Come on. That's Marcy. Marcy and Peppermint Patty. Oh, my God. Chris, don't you read peanuts? Wow. No, no, no. no. In, a, in a 97 interview, Schultz discussed receiving a letter from a Southern editor who said something about, I don't mind you having a black character, but please don't show them in school together. Wow. Well, that's BS. But Schultz sure. took care of that. Yeah, he said I didn't even answer him. No, of course not. Wow. But do we all agree that's power washing? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I I never. I wish I could go see this scene right now because I would never have thought that as a kid or as a young adult. No. And in fact, if Schultz he was alive, he oh. could make the argument that he's giving <laughs> Franklin more attention. That he's placing him almost in a position <clears throat> of honor. That's an argument Schultz could make. I don't know that he would. But other than that, there's no possible reason to think that the, the uh, picture of the kids uh, at their Thanksgiving table is racist in any way. It's not. The word means nothing anymore. After nothing. the death of Martin Luther King, a retired white Jewish school teacher. Right, Harriet Glickman. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's right there in the story. Mm -hmm. My God.
But given what you know about Charles M. Schultz, mm-hmm. uh, he would not say, I'm going to put the black kid all by himself on the other side of the table. Doesn't seem likely, does it? It seems highly unlikely. No. In other words, you'd have to believe he did that insidiously. Yeah. Correct. I don't think that does that not seem guy. plausible. The person that started this Twitter firestorm, do yeah. you think that they're doing so just like like Pat? They're just trying to troll just to troll? I have no idea. Because they can't honestly believe that. Well, I'm amused, too, that Cynthia Haynes, whoever the hell she is, uh, she's got her undies in a bunch because not only is Franklin sitting alone, but he's in a lawn chair. What does that? How do you how do you wake up in the morning? They're outside. And get yes. How do you wake up in the morning and and you you are your worldview is such that you somehow can attach some racial significance to the to a chair? I I, I can't live like that. I don't live like that. Which is why I don't go on the Twitter world. One guy on Twitter says, "I'd be more mad that I found out that the dog was cooking the food." Yeah. That's right. <laughs> is, is Snoopy the chef? Yeah, Snoopy. Remember he wore the hat. He makes oh, the yeah, chef. He's making that. Yeah, Snoopy's not in the picture. Yeah, he is. I'm looking at. Yeah, Snoopy's got the chef hat on. I'd be more mad that the dog cooked the food. <laughs> it's it's truly amazing. Uh, I can link this to the failed academy. Let's do it. Well, the 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 academy has failed because they're no longer in the business of education. They're in the business of identity politics and grievance filings. And so who knows how old this uh, fruitcake Cynthia Haynes is, but she's probably a product of the failed academy where they've been taught to look for this. This is what's passing for education that you're spending 60 grand a year for. You look at a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving and you take to Twitter because you think the position of Franklin is racist and that the chair he's sitting in somehow confirms your suspicions? Uh, that's that's sick. You really got to be You are mentally ill. You are mentally bleeping ill. Plus when you look at when you look at the chairs, all the chairs are unique. Yeah, they're all, all the different. chairs are yes. different. Well, because if I recall correctly, they had to put this uh, dinner together hastily outside, right? Right, right. And Snoopy didn't really I mean, I think he made some popcorn and some stuff. He didn't really go all out. He didn't make my stuffing. Yeah, one of them's in a card table chair. Franklin's in a lawn chair. Uh, Snoopy's in a high back chair. Uh, they're, they're all different chairs. Okay, and now look at the at the cartoon strip and look at the lower left. That's another setting for someone to sit next to Franklin. Uh, who someone who just is not there. Because Marcy's well, there's is, food there, but no chair. Right, Marcy's is right. So he, look he, at we're analyzing the damn thing. Yeah, that's thing. stupid. This is just a TV. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, Charlie Brown. How how long before the networks will no longer have the the courage to play the Charlie Brown Christmas? We might have to cancel Christmas because it's it's too sweet. It's too. And Linus citing his uh, yeah. his religious right. from I think Luke, which almost didn't make it. But again, Charles Schultz said, "All right, not going to do it then." And CBS said, uh, "Okay, we'll do it." Charles Schultz had the power. He did, and he didn't seem like he abused it. It's Charlie Brown. It's Charlie Brown. How? <laughs> Charlie Brown Thanksgiving gets power washed by these anonymous, mentally ill people. If you're a black person in America, 
and you've experienced real racism, mm-hmm. how offended would you be to see someone calling this racist? Yeah, to go what you had to go through, whatever whatever it was, and to equal it, to, to make it equal to Franklin sitting on the other side of the table. Can we bring John back for another newscast? He ain't going nowhere. All right. Chief Offsite Correspondent Kelsey said, or wrote me, now whites attack blacks for pretending to be Indians. It's almost over. It's Kevin Hart and his wife, the comedian Kevin Hart. And his wife had a a birthday party for their one-year-old, and the the kids were dressed up as cowboys and Indians. And, of course, the Twitter world uh, went after uh, Hart for cultural appropriation. Wow. You guys think it's funny when Pat gets rolling on Twitter, and I agree. Yep. But those those are, more often than not, Twitter will be the undoing of us. I I don't disagree with that. Yeah. It it's it it does cause a lot of unnecessary harm. Mm-hmm. What well, causes power washing? Mm-hmm. Here's Johnny Height. Hey, Jake. Thank you, Joe. A uh, Minnesota lawmaker plans a fresh push next year to strengthen a state law against female genital mutilation. Representative Mary Franson announced her plan Monday after a federal judge in Detroit last week declared the federal law unconstitutional. Judge ruled that Congress lacks the authority to regulate the practice, but that states can. Judge dismissed criminal charges against a doctor accused of cutting nine girls from three states, including Minnesota. Franson's a Republican from Alexandria. She says the ruling underscores the need for her bill, which passed the House 124 to 4 in 2017, but never got a vote or hearing in the Minnesota Senate. Minnesota law does make it a felony for anyone to perform the procedure, but doesn't directly address the actions of parents. Franson's bill would add specific penalties for parents. Authorities say the uh, that asphyxiation was what killed that dry ice delivery driver last week outside of McDonald's in Spring Lake Park. 58-year-old Amos Nagby, Brooklyn Center, was identified Sunday as the truck driver who was overcome by a chemical leak in his truck Wednesday while at the fast food outlet on Highway 65 North and 81st Avenue Northeast. Nagby died as a result of asphyxia due to exclusion of oxygen, according to a statement from the medical examiner's office. He was found dead about 9.30 in the morning, back of the truck, where he was checking on some sort of mechanical failure in the truck. He was overcome by liquid carbon dioxide while trying to fix the problem. The leak prompted a call for a hazardous materials team to respond to the scene, according to emergency dispatch audio. However, there was no danger to the general public, according to the sheriff's office. Was he in the cab, John, of his truck, or was this in the back? I thought he went to the back, the original story said, to try and fix whatever the malfunction was. That's where he was overtaken. Farm bankruptcies are on the rise in Minnesota and across the upper Midwest. 84 farms filed for Chapter 12 bankruptcy in Wisconsin, Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Montana in the 12 months that ended in June. That, according to a new analysis from the Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis, that's more than double the number over the same period in 2013 and 2014. And the number of bankruptcies in Minnesota doubled over the past four years from 8 to 20. Uh, Banks say they're also seeing more farm borrowers fall behind on payments and the worst, they say, is likely yet to come. Well, that's because a lot of farmers, John, they just don't even declare bankruptcy. They just they shut their doors. Let it go. Yeah, just stop. And that's a troubling sign, folks. General Motors. Well, do we know the underlying reason? It's here? soybean prices, corn prices. Uh, there's you know there's not as much demand for beef as there used to be. It, it's a lot of varying oh. factors, but they, somebody needs to do something about this because that's that's bad. That's a bad sign. 
General Motors will lay off 14,700 factory and white-collar workers in North America. That's a bad thing. And put five plants up for possible closure as it restructures to cut costs and focus more on autonomous and electric vehicles. The reduction includes 8,100 white-collar workers, some of whom will take buyouts, others who will be laid off. Most of the affected factories build cars that won't be sold in the U.S. after next year. That could, they could close or they could get different vehicles to build. That will all be part of contract talks with the United Auto Workers Union next year. Plants without products include assembly plants in Detroit, Lordstown, Ohio, and Oshawa, Ontario. Also affected are transmission factories in Warren, Michigan, as well as Baltimore. More than 6,000 factory workers could lose jobs in the U.S. and Canada, although some could transfer to truck and SUV plants. GM, the largest automaker in the U.S., includes the Chevrolet, Buick, Cadillac, and GMC brands, said the moves will save $6 billion in cash by the end of next year, including $4.5 billion in recurring annual cost reductions and $1.5 billion in capital spending. The cuts are in addition to the $6.5 billion that the company has announced by the end of this year. Salaried reductions amount to 15% of GM's North American workforce out of 54,000 people. Mexico looked to set uh, is looking to set up shore up. Let's start that one over, yeah, shall we? I think we? so. Whoa. Let me rewind that. Mexico looking to set to Oh my god. Start it again, Johnny. <laughs> Holy, you moly. can do it. Might skip that story. No. Uh, Mexico looked set to shore up security near its border with the United States Monday Atta morning. Had a boy. As police lined up outside a shelter in the city of Tijuana and told Central American migrants they couldn't walk toward the border area. Mexico's National Migration Institute said 98 migrants were being deported after they tried to breach the U.S. border. And U.S. agents fired tear gas into Mexico to stop them. That was a troubling photo seeing the little girl getting hit with the tear gas. I guess. Well, I know. What kind of parent is it that's going to do that to the little kid? I, I know, I know. Mexico's Interior Department said about 500 migrants were involved in the attempt to rush the border, while U.S. authorities put the number at 1,000. Mexican officials said the migrants had taken part in violent chaos, which originally began as a peaceful march to appeal for the U.S. to speed processing of asylum claims for Central American migrants marooned in Tijuana. U.S. Customs and Border Protection Commissioner Kevin McAllenon said on call on a call with reporters, 69 migrants who tried to cross the border illegally were arrested on the California side. He said the Border Patrol's use of force policy allows agents to use tear gas and other non-lethal methods, but the incident would be reviewed. The situation was resolved without any serious injury. Update on a story we talked about last hour. U.S. Ambassador Nikki Haley now is calling on Russia to immediately cease its unlawful conduct in the Black Sea near Crimea during a United Nations Security Council meeting Monday morning. Ukrainian Navy says Russian ships fired on and seized three of its artillery ships on Sunday, the incident sharply escalating tensions that have been growing between the two countries since Moscow annexed Crimea from Ukraine in 2014. Haley told the council, we call on Russia to respect its international obligations and not obstruct or harass Ukraine's transit in the Kerch Strait. Tell me uh, a quick cartoon bubble of the Ukraine Navy. <laughs> not seeing. I'm seeing kind of uh, uh, their their ships were, are on loan, huh? Old Ironsides. <laughs> yes. the you know, there's four guys on the ship, too. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just not really set. But they're going to take on Russia. It's like Jonathan Winters takes, what's the one? When Jonathan the Winters Russians is the. Coming. The Russians are coming. Yeah. A the, funny movie. Good one. To a knee slapper. Did you watch that one, Rook? Oh, a gut wrench. I, I thought we were waiting on you to watch that's that. That's a knee one. slapper on that one. Yep. Well, you're lost, Oh, Moron. Jonathan. 
Look up when he died, please. Johnny? Yeah. Yeah, I got it. 2014. Is that your guess? Or That's your... a guess, yeah. I have no idea. Somewhere around. John, are you done? Jonathan no, Winters? I'm not done. I have well, plenty. You paused. Plenty there. Dramatic. I was waiting for If this newscast paused. Paused. <laughs> April 11th of 2013. Oh, it was 87. Oh, so close. So close. So close, Johnny. The family of Emantic Fitzgerald Bradford Jr., the black man killed by police in an Alabama mall on Thanksgiving, says he was wrongfully shot, a claim authorities apparently agree with. Family wants the release of all video from that night. Police killed Bradford Jr. after two people were wounded in a shooting at the River Chase Gallery, a mall. Investigators first said he was responsible, but then later said he was likely not the shooter. Hoover police now say at least one gunman is still at large. Police say Bradford Jr. was holding a gun. That's why they mistook him as a threat. It was Bradford Jr.'s family said their son was killed because he was black. Emantic would be the one trying to get people out of harm's way, said his mother. Bradford Jr.'s family says police owe them answers and an apology after their son was mistakenly identified as a gunman. Bradford Sr. is a police officer himself. Mm. He said police in the area made several mistakes that night. Said, my son always respected the police. If you would have given a command when you came around the corner, say, freeze, drop your weapon, you would have complied with the order, according to Bradford Sr. Apparently, Bradford Jr. also uh, was a licensed gun holder. Angry parents are hitting out at Amazon for showcasing a hardcore porn film in its dad gift section. (laughs) Just for dad. Just for dad, yep. Dad will love it, kids. Shoppers said they were shocked. Dad's to... already seen it, kids. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> Watched. Shoppers said they were shocked to see the adult flick, Dad is Bleeping My Girlfriend, appear in search results when they browsed the website for presents for their father. Really? Parents, Happy holidays. Parents say they fear their kids. Gather around, kids. <laughs> the hell with that Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. That's racist. Let's watch this. Parents sleeping my girlfriend. Parents fear children could see that film and other sex films on the website as they uh, appear in search results. The DVD- I didn't realize Amazon sold those. I was just thinking the same thing. You could go on Amazon and buy porn? Apparently. Never... I'm unaware of that. This is in Great Britain, perhaps Great Britain. Oh, that's they, different. They, perhaps they have a different... Uh... Those are the th- those people are aware that there's a lot of that stuff that's free um, out there. You don't, you don't really have to buy it. DVD, which was sold a by... A friend told me. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. DVD, which was sold by a third-party seller called Meerkat Wholesalers, popped up on the screen when you type Dad's Gifts into I don't the like search porn. bar, according to the shoppers. I find it unnerving. I think it's tawdry. I don't like it. I think I think it's supposed to be tawdry. You're on record. I believe that. Right. You're, uh, you're not on much of a limb, am I? Letting you in, folks. Yeah. We got her. <laughs> Again. Makes me nervous. So that's off the list for Christmas yeah, gifts I don't want for that. Okay, I don't want that video. Sure. <laughs> Cross that off, Rick. Daddy's teaching my girlfriend. What is it? <laughs> I forget what it was. Bleeping. Oh, yeah. (laughs) After The Sun contacted Amazon about the DVD, it removed the title from its website, but other films of its type were still there. Uh, Dad of two, James Locke, 46 years old, saw the Porto DVD when he was looking for gift ideas for his dad. Sure. He said, in amongst the usual stuff like barbecue utensils, car manuals, gardening gift sets, funny T-shirts, there was uh, that sex film. Amazon said, he said Amazon should be far more responsible with its listings. He said anything pornographic needs to be removed immediately. John, do you have the story of the uh, Chinese babies? I do, yes. I, I find this uh, terrifying. A Chinese researcher claims he helped make the world's first genetically edited babies. No, no, no. Nope, nope. 
Nope. Twin girls whose DNA he said he altered to try to help them resist possible future infection with the AIDS virus. Let me stop right mm. there. A, I don't know how you do this. I don't know what they're talking about. And B, why did he select that illness? Right. Why AIDS? Why not in, other, in other words, where does this stop? The first two are protected against HIV. Well, then what? I don't get this. Mm. There is no independent confirmation of the claim by researcher He Jianque of Shenzhen. He revealed on Monday in Hong Kong to one of the organizers of the International Conference on Gene Editing that begins Tuesday, also confirmed it in an exclusive interview with the Associated Press. If true, it would be a profound leap of science and ethics. This kind of work is banned in the United States because the DNA changes can pass to future generations and it risks harming other genes. Some mainstream scientists denounced the Chinese report as human experimentation. I don't like that. You're I find that, with, uh, yeah. I find that, uh, that's the beginning of the end right well, there. Well, you make a good point. Where do you, what, what why, is Why did the important? guy choose HIV, I wonder? Right. Yeah. Instead I, I of uh, polio or cancer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Italian filmmaker, a filmmaker, Bernardo Bertolucci, who won Oscars with The Last Emperor and whose erotic drama, Last Tango in Paris, enthralled and shocked the world, died Monday. He was 77. Bertolucci's press, offerings, uh, press office confirmed the death in an email to the Associated Press. He died at his home in Rome, surrounded by family. Bertolucci's movies often explored the sexual relations among characters stuck in a psychological crisis, like in Last Tango. The self-professed Marxist also did not shy away from politics and ideology, as in The Conformist, which some critics consider his masterpiece. Is that uh, Get the Butter? Yeah. Brando. I don't think I've yeah. seen that. Well, how'd you know the line, then? I've heard of it. Uh-huh. On Amazon. <laughs> On Amazon, I happened to see a clip. <laughs> yeah. A Hawaii-based burger chain has closed a Honolulu restaurant for cleaning after a video posted to social media Mm-mm. appeared to show a rat being cooked on the grill. Oh, oh God! Wow. Teddy's Bigger Burgers has closed the Mapanuapuna location and fired two employees who appeared in the Snapchat video. Richard Stula, the president of Teddy's Bigger Burgers, said we are horrified that a former teenage employee would conduct themselves in that way and make such a video of which we are investigating the authenticity. The company initiated a complete sanitization and is replacing equipment and utensils at the fast food restaurant after the video was shared with them several days ago. He said, we will send a corporate team in to inspect and complete a thorough audit of the location before it's allowed to reopen. The State Department of Health in Hawaii scheduled to inspect the restaurant this upcoming Friday. The company is also contacting a licensed pest control operator to examine the restaurant for rodents, according to Peter Oshiro, the state's environmental health program manager. Restaurant received a passing green placard following its last state inspection in June. The company is consulting with its attorneys about potential legal action against the former employees. Over the uh, weekend, the boys and I uh, were at a large retailer uh, near my home, uh-huh. and there was uh, we were walking in through the sliding glass door, and there, yeah. was, a, there was a mouse. Oh, sure. and the little, little guy mousey. goes, oh, Dad, look, a mouse, and he ran into the big metallic trap and you heard the oh, oh. and then he said is that his house i went it yeah. is now he go night night now that's it for that he guy go night now oh golly is that it i think we done i think so okay we closed. yeah we, we close close we out of meat all we got is rat see you tomorrow
GarageLogic.com. Don't forget to rate us. And remember, Greg Holcomb has some new offerings online, GarageLogic.com. Click on the Features icon, and you can see some of the great uh, doings of Mr. Greg Holcomb. Catch you next time. You're one click away from the Garage Logic podcast.